This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We're in Exodus chapter 21. And in fact, we're going to finish Exodus chapter 21 this morning uh, with a little bit of uh, civil uh, law, a little bit of uh, uh, personal injury uh, law. Uh, if As a lawyer, that's how you would look at this. But the truth is, it's got a lot of other meanings to it and spiritual meanings. And just like yesterday, as we're dealing with this, I want to give you the, the where the law came from and show you how it's relevant today, because even in just uh, civil society, uh, these uh, rules and these principles are uh, uh, carried out worldwide. They're things that uh, have been a part of the laws of nations and the laws of kingdoms for generations and centuries and millennia past. And so they have great value in that sense, because I, I would never tell you that the common law that we get from England, which is the basis for our our justice system is is bad because it's not. It's really great because mainly it comes from the Bible. It has great foundation in Scripture, and generally speaking, it works out great. The issue is that modern society uh, has so many things that change and are different. It's sometimes hard to keep up with it. And then the Bible tells us that man invents new ways to sin, and that's what really is the failure of the law is law cannot keep man from sinning. Law can just identify that man is flawed and is always doing things that are destructive for itself and for society. Man always is destroying himself with his own fallen nature. And the law is the law is incapable of fixing that. The only thing that can fix that is the grace of God. And the grace of God alters our heart from being wicked and destructive to being to being good and godly and ultimately works for the best of of our society. And as we're studying through this, it's important that you see how this works out. And so uh, I'm going to show it to you and uh, I'll talk about the physical and the spiritual aspects of it. If anyone uncovers a pit or digs one, or fails to cover it. I love it because we got we've got two oars there. And a lot of times in the law, when somebody is being prosecuted for something, in fact, I was in a case just yesterday where it had three paragraphs and each one of them ended, each of the first two ended with or, which meant you can, the way you would break that law is you would do this, or you could do this, or you could do this. And if you did any one of the three, you'd break the law. And is very important in in the law also, because if if you got three paragraphs and it says this and this, then the only way to break the law is to do this and this. So you have to do them all cumulatively. And so if you didn't do them all cumulatively, cumulatively, you'd break the law. Here, we got three things that you could do that would be a problem. One of them, if you would uncover a pit, meaning there's a pit already dug and you uncovered it. Or you dig one. 
and, and failed to cover it. You notice that you have, you've dig one and you fail to cover it or you uncover one and an ox or a donkey falls into it. Notice that it uses ox and donkey, and obviously that would be a very valuable piece of property. It would be much like you saying if you if you made a crevice in the road and someone's car fell into it. And you go, why are you using car as the example? Because ox and donkey were their primary means of investment in their resources so that they could get a return. Oxes and donkeys were used to do work, to do labor. And they they were of great value. And if you lost one, it was a great loss for you. It would be a great loss uh, financially for you. Likewise, automobiles are our primary resource that we use to do labor. And you go, what are you talking about? How many of you live uh, far enough away from where you work that you couldn't walk there if or you couldn't ride a bike there? If you live far enough away from where you work that you couldn't walk or ride a bike there each and every day back and forth, then you need an automobile. Without an automobile, you could not have that job or you could not labor that way. That's the case here. Without an ox or a donkey, there's a lot of farming that can't be done. There's a lot of taking your product to market that can't be done. There's a lot of work and there's a lot of value that you get out of a donkey or an ox. Now, the problem with donkeys and oxes are they're a picture. They're they're a perfect picture, if you think about it from God's perspective. They're a perfect picture of our own flesh. They're a perfect picture for our own flesh. An ox is just a big, lumbering, powerful animal that that can be controlled with with bridles and controlled with with whips but it just moves now it's powerful it's powerful but it just moves around slow and does whatever you try to get it to do a donkey is a donkey and we know that they can be ornery and they can be they can be tough to deal with but they also have great value because they're very strong animals and they'll carry a, a lot of items that you need them to carry but they're a problem and they're perfect pictures of our flesh our flesh is so powerful it's so unwielding sometimes just like an ox and sometimes it's just only it just wants to do its way and its will all the time and and so even though our will is very valuable to God, in fact, our soul, which is the depository of our will, our soul is so loved by God because it's the part of us that makes us unique. It's also so flawed and so tore up and so messed up. And it's just like a donkey or an ox. Just like a, I can just say it as Southern as I can think about it. Your soul is just like a donkey or an ox. And it is. It's just like that. And the one who opens a pit must pay the owner for the loss. What this law is saying is you shouldn't dig a hole that's going to cost somebody a lot of their financial resources. You also shouldn't dig a hole that is going to be a natural destructive force for somebody's personal will. And so many times we think that the way we need to deal with someone is to break their will. Uh, and uh, we dig a pit, and and we know how they are, and we set them up for failure so that we think we can help them, or just because we don't like them, and we know that they're going to they're going to fall into it. My favorite political story from my dad's days: there was a governor in the state of Alabama who was well known for womanizing and well known for drinking. And he, his name was Jim Folsom, and he was he was governor back in the fifties and sixties. 
And he, he was known for what he, for just those things. And one Monday morning, he was supposed to speak to the Kiwanis Club of Alabama, the whole big convention in Montgomery at, at one of the main hotels there. And just so happened that the newspaper in Montgomery had, had sent a, a reporter to catch him in a, a house of ill repute. And they did. They had some pictures of him entering in it, pictures of him in there. And so the next morning, the Kiwanis Club just thought there's just no way. There's no way that the governor is going to show up. But he sure did. He showed up about 15, 20 minutes before he was supposed to speak and before the meal. And uh, was shaking hands and acting like he normally acts. He'd been in the newspaper that morning. And so they just went on with the program and they introduced the governor and the governor got up there and he said, now, listen, guys, this, y'all to understand something, they deal with something before we get into the business of the state. But I won't tell you that, that what you saw in the newspaper this morning was a trap and that trap was baited with whiskey and wild women. And if you bait a trap with whiskey and wild women, you're going to catch big Jim every time. And that is a great joke. It, it, is a, it, it disarmed the crowd and, and the whole situation was over with. But what that unveils is that, that there are a lot of pits out there that can be dug for people. And, and it's very destructive of their lives because it does reveal their fallen nature. But we're not into digging pits. And a lot of times churches get into the business of digging pits, trying to, trying to point out the sinfulness of the world or the sinfulness of individuals that are not a part of the church. Remember, the church's job is to, when it comes to sin, the church's job is to deal with its own people in the sense of helping them use the grace of God to overcome their sin. The church's job for the world is not to tell the world how bad it is. The world already knows how bad it is. The Spirit of God's already at work telling the world. The, the, the job of the church is to be light to the world. Give them hope from something that they already know is a problem. The world knows that they have a problem. And let me say this, there's no way to get around it. Even the naturalists of this world who don't even believe in God know that the ultimate end of their belief is meaningless, meaning that man lives life and uh, dies and no longer exists. And ultimately, this world is just going to collapse into nothingness and nothing really matters. Meaningless is the world. And the world knows that. And the world has no hope. We are the source of hope. And that hope is found in Jesus Christ. Now, does that mean we keep on sinning? No. Paul said that. He said, do we keep on sinning that grace may abound more? By no means. We don't do that. But our job is not to be the, the hall monitor for the world, to dig pits and show people how bad sin is. Sin is obviously bad. The law reveals that. And we know it is. Our job is to be light and hope to the world. And when we're doing that, we are being the church like we ought to be. We don't have a job or a duty of digging pits for other people. And if we do, it ought to cost us. It, if you do it in a worldly sense, if you dig a hole in a, in a sidewalk, if you don't cover up uh, a hole in the road and you allow somebody to fall into it, and their ox or donkey dies or their car gets destroyed. You know what? He says, the one who opened the pit must pay the owner for the loss and take the dead animal as exchange. Meaning you get the busted up vehicle and you pay them for what their vehicle is worth. That's, that's just absolutely straightforward right there, isn't it? it? It is absolutely straightforward in a spiritual sense and a physical sense. 
Your job is not to catch people in their sin. Your job is to give them hope out of their sin. They know what their sin is. And we had a group, an organization that formed in the early 80s. I was obviously acquainted with political things because I was very politically minded in the sense of I love the news and I love to know about what was going on in the world. When I was even into my uh, early childhood, I I cared about those things. I don't know why. It makes me very weird. Uh, But I cared about those things. And there was a thing that I grew up uh, about the in the church, and it was called the, the moral majority. And the moral majority said that the church ought to be out there telling the world where the world was wrong and the world was sinful and leading the world away from those things and standing up for what's morally right in government. Now, there were some positive things about that. It wasn't all bad. But the but the problem with, with it was is this, at its fundamental core uh, of the principles that that guided it and made it what it was, of those fundamental core principles, of those things that mattered the very most, it was off-based. And, and what it said was the church needs to tell the world where it's wrong. And that's not right. The church needs to tell the world where God is at and where God's right. And that has nothing to do with their sin. It has everything to do with salvation and the grace of God through Jesus Christ. And when we dig pits for the world and when we dig pits for others because we have problems with them, when we do those things, we destroy them and it costs us greatly. Because remember, he says, if you dig that pit and someone falls in it, then it's got to cost you. You got to buy the dead animal. And who wants the dead rotting flesh, really? Do you? I don't. I don't I don't want it at all. That's not where life is. That's not where hope is. So I would say to you, if you're a hole digger, stop digging the holes. If you dig pits for others, reevaluate yourself. You might be in the position you're in today. Less fortunate, less wealthy and less loved because you're not a source of hope and life. You're a source of death and destruction. And that's a good Bible study. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.